If the rest of you will find the book of Ephesians in your Bible, you'll be in a good starting place. This is, I, I, sometimes I think God has a sense of humor. Um, on a day when I was going to talk about the importance of, importance of church, half the church doesn't show up. And so it's a humbling attitude, but it's a good thing. It's a reminder. I know because of technology, a lot of people watch this, but still, um, it's just an interesting Sunday to be going on this topic about how important uh, church is. People see church in a lot of different ways. Um, some of it, and I hope this isn't you necessarily, but see it as a duty. Like if I don't go, God doesn't love me, that kind of stuff. Um, but some people see it more as entertainment, um, just something to do and something to feel good about. Some people see it as kind of like a, uh, a gas station, like I got to get fueled up every week and, and uh, you know, get on to the next week. Um, some it's like a family thing. There's something for everybody to do. Paul, in the book of Ephesians and elsewhere, has a very specific way to look at the church. It's the body. He calls the church the body of Christ. And the book of Ephesians is loaded with this picture as well as a couple other places. And so it got me thinking about our bodies. When they don't work, in a cold day especially, you, you know, I don't know how they played a football game yesterday. It's just crazy to me that they can catch and throw a, a rock-hard football and do that. And it's crazy to me that people went and watched that happen, but good, good for y'all. But when you can't breathe and you can't feel parts of your body, it affects how you think. Age does this as well. It's not just cold. How many of you of the aged side of our church have said, you know, my body just doesn't do what I want it to do anymore? Or parts of it hurt that didn't used to, to hurt before. Um, the church is, has that imagery that there are times when it doesn't do what Christ wants it to do. If you think of it as the picture of a body, Christ is the head, the mind of the church, and the body is to function as his body in the world. And we know the church is broken in many different ways, and the church doesn't fully do what the Christ would want it to do in the, in the church. And sometimes that causes people not to come to church. They've been burned or they've been, they've been hurt. But this image of the body is what shows up over and over and over in the book of Ephesians, as well as a couple other places. So if you will look with me, we're going to put these, we're going to read a lot of scripture today. And I'm, my job is kind of pretty easy. I'm going to show you, I think, what the Bible says about the church being the body of Christ. And so following your Bibles, or we'll throw it up here on the screen. First of all, is Ephesians chapter one. So I keep asking, this was prayed over us earlier. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. One of the images for the body of Christ is to know what God does, what he, how he acts. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. I want you to think about this for a second. The inheritance Jesus has is the church. And we're, we're so important that he's working towards something, whereas I'll say we'll be seen as who we really are at some point. But we're his, it says, his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. Think about where Jesus is, right-handed, right hand ascended to the, to the right hand of God. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything 
For what? For the church. This is remarkable. Jesus is to be worshipped. He's the Son of God. He's God himself. He's seated at the right hand of God. God has given him all this power and authority and dominion. Why? So that he can do what he's doing in the church. Because we are his body in the Christ. It says in verse 23, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The world needs to see the church to see God. And I, I get to this. When we function well, they see God. God draws people to himself. When we don't, we repel people, frankly. Now flip over to chapter 3. Chapter 2 is all about the grace that we receive. But chapter 3, just verses 10 and 11. His intent was that now, through the church, catch that, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. How does God want to make his wisdom known and seen? It's through the church. Okay? God is infinitely wise. He wants people to see that through us. Ephesians chapter 4, flip over to chapter 4. Starting in verse 11. These are verses that we've lived by here at Grace for 20-some years. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ, there's that picture, may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow and become in every respect and the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So there's that picture again. And then finally, chapter 5. This is a, I love this, and I'll get into it more later. This is a passage that's often read at weddings, uh, rightly so, but it's primarily, uh, primarily about the church and not the, the wedding relationship. I just, I love, and we're going to focus on the church aspect of it this morning. Verse 22, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church, for we are, all mem for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, be united with his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you should also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Okay, that's, the, that's walking through the book of Ephesians every time he kind of mentions body. Let me pray and then kind of draw some things out of that, okay? Let's, let's pray. God, I pray that this morning as we consider um, what this is that we're doing, why are we gathered together on a cold uh, 
snowy January day, uh, except that we are your body. Uh, God, help just drive that image home and, and God, see what a privilege that is um, and in how important it is, God, that we take that seriously. And I thank you for those gathered here today and those that will hear this word. Would you change, change all of us, God, so that we can appreciate again what it means that you gave us uh, your body, uh, the church. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I, I, I could, obviously, I, I read a lot of scripture. We could be here for four days if we drew it all out. So let me just give you some highlights along the way. First is the importance of the body. Um, I already stated in my introduction, if your body starts to fail, it's hard to get through life, right? Things are tough when your joints don't work like they're supposed to or your mind doesn't work like it's supposed to. Um, for us, the picture is Christ is the head and we are the arms and the feet. We are the hands and the feet of the Lord in the world. And so it's vitally important. The first thing I want to show you is just the centrality of the body. And, and I'll recall some of the verses I read. God was pleased to have all things under his feet and appointed them the head over everything for the church. Whatever Christ is doing, and he's bringing glory to the Father, he's saving people, he sent his spirit, he's doing it, and we can't get, we can't get big-headed about this, he's doing it for the church, okay? Remember last week we saw Christ purchased, he loved us so much, he bought us with his own blood. Because of, not because of who we are, but because he, want, he wants to do through us. It is central to what God is doing. God could have, and I don't know why he didn't, but he could have, well, I do know why, because he wants to show us how wise he is, but he could have just snapped his fingers. He could have just done all kinds of things. He could just have miracles left and right. He chose to have all his authority in him for the church. And the, the Ephesians 1 there says, because he, it's his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. If you want Jesus to be known, if you want Jesus to have his way, if you want Jesus to be glorified, how is he doing it? Through the church. So let me define church for a second. We know we're the body, but it's the people that belong to the Lord. They're connected to the body of Christ. And then we work together as equipped by pastors and teachers and the Holy Spirit to do what God calls us to do. But it's central to what God's doing. God decided to do it this way. In chapter 1, uh, verse 4, he said he chose us before the creation of the world to do things this way. Chapter 3, verse 11, it's the, uh, his eternal purposes, according to his eternal purposes. The church is not plan B. It's not plan B. It never was plan B. From the beginning of eternity, before God created, he knew man would fall. He would redeem them. He would gather them together to the church. It is central to what he's doing. This is hyperbole. It's easy to say on a snowy day, there is nothing more important on the planet right now, even a playoff run for the Chiefs, is what God is doing through the church. This is his plan. It's always been his plan. It's not something we made up. It's not a social club. It's to show, as it says in, verse, in chapter 3, his manifold wisdom should be known. What is the wisdom of God that he could redeem broken, sinful, rebellious people and reconcile them to himself? How does he show the world what's that wisdom? He shows grace and mercy to the people of God and he brings them together. If we can reconcile, then we can reconcile. That's the point. His wisdom, if you ever want to know God better, you got to look at what the church is doing. It is, again, how he directs his body. I creak and I groan now when I get up in the morning, especially when it's really cold. Right? Think of, think of if, I don't know, if, I hope this makes sense, of Christ wanting to do something through Grace Community Church or the people of Grace Community Church. 
And his mind says, I need you to go reach your community, or I need you to go serve this certain group, or I need you to step up and volunteer, or I need you to give, or whatever Christ wants his church to do. And we are the groaning, creaking joints and stuff saying, oh, you know, do I have to? And so that, that's the imagery here, is that it is central to what God wants to do is the church of Jesus Christ. Secondly, what is the cause of the church? Well, it is certainly to make... Uh, glorify Christ and that's where we fail I know because if you look at us and then you say well if that's what Jesus is then maybe maybe not but that's our goal and someday we will be glorified with him but right now it is to make much of Jesus I am very extremely regularly thankful that I pastor Grace Community Church in Smithville Missouri I hear horror stories of other churches. I hear horror stories of what other pastors have to go through, what other people have to go through with their pastors. It's, there's a lot of messes out there. Praise God that's not happening here. But as good as we've got it, it's Grace Community Church is not the focus. It's Jesus Christ. And I know there's all kinds of dynamics, but I would just pray that when people think of our church and our community or in our state or whatever, they say that's where Jesus shows up. That's where Jesus is doing what Jesus wants to do through his people. And so it's to glorify Christ for sure, but he also wants to equip us, as we saw, and grow us and build the church up, as it said in chapter 4. Each one of us should be growing, not just in our faith, but in our, um, our service. We should be better parts of the body through the years. You shouldn't just be smarter because you've been in church all your life. You should be serving because you've been in church all your life. And so there's this, this idea of not just growing the church numerically, for sure, but growing it spiritually and growing it in service. And then there's the crowning of the body. Someday we'll be seen for what we are. Someday we will be seen as the fullness of Christ. Hebrews calls us the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. We'll see, I think, next week that we are the bride of Christ. When the bride walks in, she sees it. Um, I, I, I'm stuck on football this morning, but um, it's easy to be a Chiefs fan this morning, right? We won. That's a good thing. With all, and I, I, I honestly am not trying to rub anything into anybody, but my whole life, I've been a Michigan University fan and a Missouri Tiger fan, okay? And so this has been a pretty good year if you have an M on your uniforms, okay? Michigan won the national title. My dad was an Ohio State fan. We lived in Michigan. I cheered for the for the maize and blue just to get under his skin a little bit. Both Michigan and Mizzou beat Ohio State, and my dad in heaven, I'm sure, is rolling in his grave or whatever they do, you know. And so, but you know what? It's really easy to be a Michigan fan right now. It's really easy to be a Mizzou fan right now or a Chiefs fan right now. It's sometimes hard to see, but the church is the champion. Does that make sense? And, it, and when you're having a down year, when you're having a down game or a down season, you think, well, I'm not big on church. I'm telling you, someday the church will be crowned for what she is, the bride of Christ. And there will be a wedding supper in heaven, and I'm preaching next week's sermon now. We win, right? As I shared with you last week, the gates of hell cannot stop what God is doing through the body of Christ. And so become a fan is what I'm trying to tell you. Become a fan now. And bless your heart, you're here on the cold day. Get out on the cold day and go to church, right? If we can cheer for sports teams, we better be cheering for our church. And, and these are not knocks on anybody. I didn't want to come here this morning either. I, I just I tell you, I didn't, my car never warmed up. I'm not excited about getting back in it. So I'm not, I'm not trying to get after anybody. 
But what we're doing is important and it wins. God will glorify what's going on in the church. Okay, so that's the importance. Point two is the inclusion in the body. Well, how do you know if you're a part of the body or not? I need you to open your, well, you don't need to, but 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is a passage we're going to read now, okay? So um, read with me here. Um, Several verses, you're very familiar with them. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and he distributes to each of them just as he determined. So God has put the church together as he wants it to be put together. I think I teased you last week. Um, all of us would change something about our bodies if we could, it seems like. And some of us do, right? We, we, we have body image issues. I want you to understand, Christ put the church together just as he determined. There is not a part of the body he wishes he didn't have, and there's not a part of the body he wishes he had that he doesn't. Christ wouldn't be any taller at Grace Community Church or any shorter or any skinnier or any whatever, right? He's, he's, he's put it together just as he determined. And sometimes it's tough, especially when we view the church in a consumer meant, say, well, my church doesn't have this or have that. Christ has put this together just like he wants it. And he's bringing new things in. I got that. But we are the body of Christ just as he determined. Verse 12, just as the body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit as so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink, even so the body is made up of one part, but of many, is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot says, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would, be, it would not be, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed um, the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary... Those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored and every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. I heard a, couple, I heard a saying and I'm going to expand on it. Somebody said this last week maybe. A family is never happier than the saddest member of that family. Does that make sense? So if your daughter or your child or mom or parent is going through something, that's always going to be there. I'd say the flip is also true. They're never um, sadder than the happiest person. We're tied together. We suffer with each other and stuff like that. But we are, as he said, included in the body. So let me give you the, the subpoints here. A is we are connected to the body. He said it over and over there. You are the body of Christ. If you are a Christian, you are connected to the church. Now, you know and I know there are people that are Christians, but they don't go to church. And they're not, 
And when I say go to church, I mean so much more than they attend. They're plugged in. They're part of the body of Christ. That should be the anomaly. It should be as weird to find like a lone Christian who's not a part of a church as like if you were walking down the street and find a severed finger, right? Or there's even movies about people that I have to like saw their arms off and stuff like that. That should be the weird thing, right? Fingers are not meant to be disconnected from the body. Christians are not meant to be disconnected from the body. You're supposed to be connected. You're supposed to be plugged in. And so the question is, are you, have you made that effort to be plugged in? And sometimes it can be tough and I got that. But the picture is that you are connected by the body or to the body. Like it or not, every Christian is a part of the body of Christ. And I will, it's, uh, Howard Hendricks said this. He goes, listen, si- sitting and soaking is for the beach, not for the church. That we're not supposed to just come and sit and soak. We're supposed to be a part of what Christ is doing on the, on the planet. And it's through the church that he does that. When you get disconnected, guess what? The feeling leaves and you, you get numb and that kind of stuff. You can make all kinds of connections here. But by being a Christian, you're connected to the church in one way. But the question is, are you connected to the church? Are you somehow involved in what the church is doing? Secondly is the composition of the body. And I, I, this was almost my whole sermon today, but there are many different parts. So I don't look like you. You don't look like me. I know, because I've been told at times, you would do things different than I do things. Guess what? I do things different than you do things, right? That's the beauty, though, of Christ take, or God taking different things and putting them together and making one. And so we are certainly different parts, but we're there just the way Christ determined us to be. He put us here the way he wanted us because there's something that he wants us to do. And not only is there something for you to do, but you need one another. You can't say to the eye, I don't need you, or to the ear, I don't need you. I think it'd be marvelous if we got a fuller picture of this and I could really understand what it would mean if somebody else's contribution to the work of the Lord wasn't there, right? That's what he's saying. And some things get credit and some people don't. You hide certain things, but I don't mean sin or anything like that. There's just parts you cover and there's parts you expose. And he's saying the body functions the same way. And then thirdly is the control of the body. And I shouldn't have to say this, I hope, but Christ is in control of his church. He's the head. He says this in both in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says it elsewhere. Look at what Romans 12 says. For by the grace God, by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given each of us. I'll I'll stick on the football theme for a second. Did you notice the Chiefs players caught passes yesterday? Right? Hadn't that been our down, like the ball would get to them and they wouldn't catch it, and it seems like they were catching some balls yesterday? It's not the same analogy, but we're a team right? The quarterback can only throw the ball a certain spot if that person's not going to catch it. And so what Paul is saying here about the body is you can only do so much and then somebody else picks it up from there. And and when we all do our work together, when we're all connected under the leadership of Christ, not Andy Reid because his mustache freezes, but you know, uh, once that happens, once we all are hearing from Christ and doing our part, it's a wonderful thing. 
We start winning some games is the way that the football analogy goes. Okay, so that's the inclusion body. You are connected to the body. The question is, are you connected to the body? By default, you are. Have you decided to make your uh, life a part of the body of Christ? Thirdly, and this is really your application points, is involvement in the body, ta- tapping off of that. Are you involved? And so, um, first of all, is caring for the body or the care of the body? This is where we get to Ephesians 5. That passage that, again, is often and rightly used in, in weddings and in marriages. But Paul is talking about the church. And, and the, our marriages, our weddings are supposed to picture that so the world can get a picture of that. And so what does he say about the church? Again, we, I use this for marriage counseling and stuff like that or, you know, premarital counseling. Paul says a man does not, always will care for his own body and he ought to care for his wife the same way. Why does he tell us that? Because we are to care for the body of Christ. Christ cares for us. What's he do? He feeds us, right? He he feeds us. He cares for us, just as Christ does the church. Now, here's, this is, I'm I'm putting so much on you this morning. I I hope God's working in your heart. I hope you care for the church. I don't mean like dismissive, like I don't care about it. I mean, care for it like you would your own body. Does that make sense? Um, I care for my body, so I guarantee you I will eat today, right? I care for my body, so I will make sure I'm warm today. So I'm not saying don't, I know you're here today, so I know you care for the body. My question is a little deeper, like Christ cares for church, do you care for, do you give care to the church? Fellow members, do you care for one another? Do you literally care for what's going on around here? Not in the, I have an opinion about what's going on here, but you are actively feeding and nurturing and caring for like you would your own body. That's what Christ is doing for the church. And so just again, an application question, something I want you to think about for yourself. Would you say you care for the church? Not care about the church, care for the church, okay? Secondly, there should be a cost in this. Uh, We read in Ephesians 5 again, that Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I, I also like, and I don't like this because it applies to my own life, but a, a, a man will leave and be united with his wife. And the application I have here is, what does your church, for you, it's Grace Community Church, cost you? Um, it is too easy and it's rampant that People go, and, and again, I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to all the weird people that aren't here today, okay? This should cost you something. We don't just do this because it's convenient. We don't do it because it's comfortable. We should give up our life for this, for all the reasons I've already told you, but just like a, a, a human being cares for their own body, it, it, should, it will and it should often cost something. There was... I'm grateful for, uh, again, one of the preachers I listened to online, Colin Smith, um, when he preached on this topic. He went to the passage that you're familiar with of Thomas. And Thomas, you'll remember, wasn't there when Jesus rose from the dead. He didn't see him like the other disciples did. And they're all talking about this Jesus. And Thomas says essentially this, unless I see the scars on his body, I won't believe. And here's where I was helped by Colin Smith. He said, listen, the world is saying the same thing right now. Unless they see the body of Christ, it caught the scars on the body of Christ, people willing to sacrifice, 
not just for the church, but for the mission of the church, until they see the, the scars on the body of Christ, they will not believe. See, they, the world needs to see people who will give their lives for this, at great sacrifice for this. And then it says, like Thomas did, my Lord and my God, surely he's alive. The world is saying that same thing. And so the question of all is, are you committed to the body? That's point C. This is that leaving and being united thing. Are you committed to the body of Christ? Okay. Again, I'm beating up the people that are here, but there's a great picture. Again, I'm dedicated to Colin Smith for this, but there's a picture in the Bible, Matthew chapter 12, where the man with a shriveled hand and the, the, the religious leaders are trying to get after him, saying, can you heal on the Sabbath or that kind of stuff? But if you can picture yourself, maybe, or you can picture the people I'm trying to motivate this morning, that they're a part of the body, but they're just a shriveled hand. Or if you want to, go to the Malchus's ear that Peter swiped off in the, in the garden and Jesus popped it back on the head, right? But I like the shriveled hand. I, I'm convinced that there are people in our body that are shriveled hands. They're here, they're somewhat functional, but what Jesus, I think, is asking some today is say, stretch out your hand. And that man had never stretched out his hand before that we know of. There was probably not blood supply there needed to be, there probably wasn't range of motion, any of that kind of stuff, but he did what Jesus said, and I think that man left a fuller body than he came to Jesus to. And yes, the church needs everybody pitched in and all that kind of stuff. I'm telling you, you need this too. You are created to be a part of the body of Christ. And maybe today is the day you stretch out your hand and become a functioning part of that body. Here's how I would apply this. Here's what I would, uh, again, to wrap it up. Are you connected to the body? It starts with salvation. Uh, I'm not asking where your membership is. I'm not asking any of that. I'm asking, are you saved? Has Jesus Christ saved you of your sins? Have you asked him to forgive you? If you are, you're connected to the body. Then the question is how deeply connected you are but you are a member of the body of christ if you've given your life to christ and asked him to forgive you make sure that's your starting point there are people and there are even churches that say being part of the church is what saves you no it doesn't right i want you to be a part of this church but don't fool yourself into thinking i've always gone to church so therefore i'm right with god no you need christ you don't need a church but once you have christ you're connected secondly are you committed to the church We've announced and we will announce some ways that you can do that. We have Grace 201 we already announced as far as how you can be a part of it. Um, Grace 101 is coming up, I think, in February. Yeah, February we're having a Grace 101, so if you want to join. Or even baptisms will be coming up in March, stuff like that. A little harder connection here. Are you caring for the church? Are you serving? Are you active in ministry? And again, are you willing to pay the cost? Um, there is a... An, a Sometimes we don't do this part of it, and I, and I want to do it. God may be calling you to ministry. He may be calling you to missions, and that may involve a cost. And so um, there are, there's, a, there's a, 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 a lack of pastors in our state right now, in our country. There's a lack of everything, right? Nobody wants to work or do anything. Part of the reason maybe we're not calling people out of, the, out of the chair to say, you could do this too. Maybe God's calling you to ministry or missions. But what is it costing you to be a part of the body of Christ? Okay, let's pray. God, um, thank you for connecting us to your body. 
God, we yield to you. Um, you are the head of what we're doing here, but we are your, your hands and your feet. We are your presentable parts and your unpresentable parts. We're your um, everything, God. And I just, I thank you for Grace Community Church. It really is nice um, to be a part of the body. But God, grow us. Would you have more people stretch out their hands and become an active part of the body of Christ? God, may some come to you for the first time and see that um, central to what you're doing on the planet is what you're doing through the church. Thank you for this reminder on a cold day that what we're doing is important. And use us, God, to bring glory to your name. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.